heroes. Heroes come in all shapes and sizes. And sometimes when we think about a hero, maybe we think about the Marvel Universe. You know, we think about a hero like Captain America or Iron Man or the Hulk or Spider-Man. A hero that has extraordinary powers, things that all of us can't really do. But maybe, maybe there's a a different definition of a hero. And that is somebody whose life inspires us to do better, to climb higher, to stand taller. Perhaps a hero is also somebody who inspires us to do better, to climb higher, to stand taller. Our world is desperately in need of leaders worth following. And our world is looking for people to be a hero. And the reality is that all of us, every single one of us can be a hero in God's eyes and you can be a hero to somebody around you. And that's a little bit about why we're looking at the story of David in scripture. David was a hero because he was known as a man after God's own heart. He was a hero because he was known as a man after God's own heart. That's what mattered. That's what made him stand out in scripture. And the Bible dedicates 66 chapters to his story. More than any other person in all of scripture besides Jesus. And we mainly see his uh, story in the Old Testament in books of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. But in addition, David is referred to 59 times also in the New Testament. So his story is told, but then it gets retold in different parts in different ways all the way through the New Testament. Jesus, the son of God, is also known as the son of David. Jesus comes from David's lineage. Some of our favorite psalms that we, that we love and that we find such great comfort in, like Psalm 23, it was written by David. He was, a, he was a poet, he was a musician, he was a courageous warrior, he was a national statesman. David distinguished himself as one of God's greatest men, not because he was perfect, but because he modeled humility and loyalty and honesty and repentance. And every hero has an origin story, and so this morning we're gonna step into the place where David is first heard of in scripture. And we're gonna learn one of the key uh, characteristics for our lives in being a leader worth following. So let's pray as we get started. Gracious God, thank you for your word that is true and living and active and that we can find so many treasures in. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning in a way that only you can do. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. So we're gonna get into the story and we're gonna start in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and we're gonna start in verse one. You can see it up on the screen or if you have your Bible at home, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse one. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be the next king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. So like a good movie, we get dumped into the scene and the story and we have to figure out who all of the characters are. 
First of all, we have Samuel. Samuel is the prophet. It says later on in his life, he's been the spokesperson for God. He's the one that sort of kept all the people together and helped them keep focused on God's word. And so Samuel is the prophet, and he is called now to anoint the next king. Well, what happened in a historical context, Saul, he was the first king of Israel. He was tall, he was handsome, he was regal. But he got in trouble because he was disobedient to God. And so God removed his favor, removed his anointing from King Saul. And now he's asking Samuel the prophet to go and anoint somebody else to be the king. And this is really important because Jesus comes out of this line of kings. And so the anointing of God in scripture is this moment where there was oil in the, uh, a ram's horn, probably something similar to this, and the prophet then would go and the person would kneel and they would pour this oil on top of that person's head. And to be anointed is a very special thing. I have that up on the screen. To anointed means to be singled out by God for special favor or responsibility. You're set apart for the work of God. And so when we see this in scripture, we see that this is a time that was very special. It was very um, sacred in this person's life. It was a day they would remember forever. And God sometimes singles us out, sets people apart for work of ministry. I remember the day that I came and knelt before the bishop and they placed their hand on my head and, and anointed me for the work of being a pastor. But in addition to that, each one of us have a calling, have a special anointing from God as well. You don't have to just be a pastor or just be a missionary or something like that. Each one of us are anointed by God for the task to which he has called us. In John chapter 14, it says the Holy Spirit is gonna work in and through every believer so that they will do greater works even than what Jesus did. And so when you connect your life with Christ and when you say, I wanna be a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. And with that comes an anointing, a power to do the work that God has called you to do. And so I wanna remind all of us this morning of this first statement. You are anointed to accomplish your assignment. You are anointed to accomplish your assignment. Sometimes I think we get so busy in life just trying to crank up the energy to do the next thing, to get to do the next day, and we try so much to tackle life on our own. And this is a reminder to each one of us today that you have a power inside of you, the power of God, the anointing of Christ inside of you to give you the strength and the energy to do what God's called you to do. You are anointed to accomplish your assignment. And that's gonna be different, not, not your neighbor's assignment, not your spouse's assignment, not your coworker's assignment. God calls each one of us to the tasks um, and the responsibilities that he's given you to accomplish your assignment. He anoints you and I for our task. And here he anoints David with the task of becoming the next king. And it was a huge responsibility and something that he didn't expect and something that he wasn't looking for. But he was called to do this task. And Christ has given each one of you a task to do. Whether that's in, in your different roles, to be a spouse or a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa, and then your work roles and all of those responsibilities that you have are a student role. It is the power of Christ that will enable you and equip you and empower you each and every day.
Don't rely just on your own strength. We have the anointing of God within us. So let's continue. Samuel goes to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse and they begin to prepare this feast. We pick it up again in verse five. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and he invited them to the sacrifice. And when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Eliab was tall and strong and handsome, the firstborn of Jesse's sons. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And this is so important to remember as we're thinking about how, how do you and I become a leader worth following? How do we become a hero to somebody around us? It's a reminder that, that God doesn't look at all the outward stuff about how tall you are or how good looking you are or how charismatic you are. God looks at the heart because that's where hero material resides. God wants to know what it is that you think about and what it is that you care about and how you treat other people and what you say to them. Those are the things that matter in God's world. And if you think about it in hero origin stories, if we think of Captain America for just a moment, if you know that movie, he was just this skinny, scrawny teenager. He didn't look all that exceptional. He had a friend who was tall and strong and handsome. But he was just a skinny, blonde teenager. But he had character qualities that mattered. And he had a heart that wanted to serve people. And he, he, he just, he, he always did the right thing. And he had honor, he just had a really good heart. And in the end, those were the things that made him a great hero. He became Captain America and he did all of those things while he served others and he was always the one who would do the right thing even when he had these great powers because of that material that was developed in him as a young man early, early on. And so too, we are reminded that God looks and it matters to him about your heart. What's your heart look like? Are you longing to let God lead you in life? Do you care about other people? Those are the things that God looks at. He looks at the heart because that's what matters. And so the story continues that Jesse called his next son, Abinadab, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, nope, I haven't chosen him either. Then Shema passed by, nope. And Jesse had seven of his sons pass by Samuel. Nope, 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 nope. Can you imagine how awkward that would be in that moment? And verse 11, so we asked Jesse, the, the dad, are these all the sons you have? Well, there's still the youngest, Jesse Ander answered. He's out tending the sheep. And David, we have to remember when we first see him, he was a teenager, probably 10 to 13 years old. He was just out minding the sheep. His name wasn't even given in scripture. And Samuel says, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him for this is the one. The one who wasn't even invited to the banquet is the one who was chosen for the task. The one who wasn't even considered, the one who wasn't even thought of, the one who wasn't even named, the youngest among them was the one that God had his eye on. And the second making of a hero is this, really important. 
God's promotions are usually sudden and surprising, so be ready. God's promotions are often sudden and surprising, so we have to be ready. We have to always be training our heart in the word and knowing God, and sometimes God might send something really big into your life, something you weren't even expecting, a promotion, an extra assignment, something to do, a new grandchild to invest in. I don't know what it is, but sometimes God will send you something and it feels really, really big. And you think, I'm not equipped, I don't know how to do this task. Some of you moms and dads or grandmas and grandpas, you had that come along with some online schooling, right? All of a sudden you've been given this entire task of helping to teach your kids and grandkids. And sometimes it feels overwhelming. And sometimes you might receive this great uh, extra task as a leader in your work or wherever it is that you are. God sees the potential in you to accomplish that task and to do it well because of those character qualities that reside in your heart. And you're never too young to do something for the Lord. We had a young man who brought in his, his collection, his, his money that he had done for chores for two months and he gave it to us at the church so that we could put it toward the food pantry. That's what he wanted. He wanted to be able to help somebody even in this COVID season and he brought his change that he had earned to be able to help somebody else. What are we cultivating in our hearts and in our children and in our grandchildren? A heart to serve, to serve other people and to serve the Lord. It matters. And because of those character qualities and because of those things that we invest and we learn from when we're young, God uses those later in our lives and sometimes he gives us these incredible tasks that we haven't even asked for. David wasn't even in the room and yet God said, this is the one that I have chosen. David was not forgotten that day and neither are you. And in this season, perhaps maybe you feel sort of forgotten or you feel looked over or you feel undervalued because of the way kids treat you or the way your boss treats you or the way your spouse treats you. It's not a sign that God has forgotten you because he knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through and he cares and he notices and he's developing and working in your heart even in the midst of it. So we continue with verse 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil and he anointed them, him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came on David in power. Ta-da! It's this beautiful, holy, and sacred moment. And what does David do next? Do you think he gets dashed off to the palace to start all of his duties? Do you think he goes and he gets fitted for robes? Perhaps he could have just sat there and said to his brothers, ha ha, I knew my day was coming. He could have taunted them a little bit, couldn't he? What do we see David do next? Verse 19, Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David, who is with the sheep. The next time we see David, he's still tending sheep, doing the same thing the same assignment that he had before. David doesn't flaunt his new status. David was a reluctant hero, but one who wore it well. And I think the quality that I want us to see today from the story is humility. Humility really is the key. 
David didn't go out there and flaunt his new status and make everybody look at him and and tell him how great everything was. He simply continued doing what God had asked him to do with a humble heart. What is humility? Humility is simply feeling comfortable in your own skin, not seeing yourself more highly than you ought to out of pride or arrogance, and not thinking too lowly of yourself. It's recognizing your value and the gifts of God in you. And it's doing that with a spirit of joy. Patrick Patrick Lencioni says, a really good team player is somebody who is humble, hungry, and smart. Humble, hungry, and smart. It's somebody who knows who they are, is comfortable in their own skin, doesn't think of themselves too highly than they ought or not too lowly either, but understand the gifts of God and how they can contribute to the world. I'll tell you, I ran into somebody who was a great example of humility this week. My husband and I, we went um, to help serve at a marriage conference this past weekend, and we had the opportunity to have dinner with Dr. Gary Chapman and his wife. I don't know if you know Dr. Gary Chapman, but he is the author of the book, The Five Love Languages. It's a book that has been used for couples to help them all around the world. It's been out for maybe almost 20 years. And he continues to go and speak about it because it's so very important for couples in their marriages. And he's had it translated his book into 50 different languages. He's been all around the world. And the thing that was so unique about him is that he didn't make a grand deal of himself or his accomplishments, or any of that stuff. He was the most humble and gentle man you can imagine. And as part of our table conversation, we had to answer the question, what was your favorite vacation? Well, man, he could have said anything, couldn't he? He could have talked all about himself and his travels and all the stuff that he's done. But you know what? He didn't. He wanted to know from my husband and I, what what was your favorite vacation? And the other couple we were sitting at. And he just listened and he asked questions. It wasn't about him. He cares so much about people and that just oozed out of him. And when he talked about his journey and what God had brought him through, he pointed every moment to God. This is what God asked me to do. And I simply gave my gifts to the world. And God did this and God sends me where he needs me to go. And he gave glory to God in every statement that he made. And that's the kind of leader that I wanna follow because he was genuine and because he cared. And when you and I, we become a hero to other people, when we invest in them and when we listen to them and when we truly care about them, when we don't make it all about ourselves, but simply go about the tasks that God has given us in the way he does. Maybe some of you are, are waiting, you're waiting for that promotion and it's not coming. Maybe God says, I need you to stick at the assignment that I've called you to right now and to do that well. And to do that with my power and with my spirit and with my anointing. And you'll get a fresh energy that you need. David had a lot of work to do in the field before he could ever wear a crown. And there's some activities that God might be shaping you and molding you to do even right now. It was four years from the moment that David was anointed king until he ever faced Goliath. And those were the years that God asked him to continue to do his assignment with purpose and with power. You are anointed to accomplish your assignment and God's promotions are sudden and surprising. Humility is the key. And one last point this morning. Be who Jesus calls you to be, not someone else. Be who Jesus calls you to be, not somebody else. Sometimes we can get so caught up in this trap of comparison. 
So caught up in trying to be uh, just like a friend or be someone that you look up to or, or just like whoever that we lose the uniqueness of who God has called you to be. If we think about the Marvel Universe, Captain America had different strengths than Iron Man and different gifts and skills than the Hulk. And they were so much better when they were the Avengers, when all of them were working together and fighting against the enemy than they were fighting against themselves in the Civil War movie. Each of them had unique gifts and talents and when they used those together, they were so much more powerful than when they used them against each other. And the same is true with us. Life gets hard when we start comparing ourselves to all of those around us. It just becomes this trap. Comparison is a thief. It will steal your purpose. It will steal your joy. Don't let it steal your creativity by trying to be like someone else. Often we look around and we ask the question, do I measure up? And sometimes we think it's no, and so we want to be just like this other person, and so we change who we are. And God says, hold up for a minute. I created you just this way. Enjoy that. Live into it. Be who God's called you to be. When God does something, he does it right the first time. No regrets, no mistakes, no do-overs. Be who Jesus calls you to be, not someone else. Walk the road that Jesus has called you to walk, not somebody else. It's hard to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus if you're always looking around comparing to someone else. Who you watch shapes who you become. If you want to be a leader worth following, work on humility. Just knowing who you are and listening and investing in other people. And that's how you become somebody that people want to listen to, somebody that people want to follow, that you become a hero to somebody else. And some of you are at stages of life where you have the ability to invest in young people around you and your words are so powerful as you begin to call out what you see in them and help them to understand who it is that God is making them to be. You become a hero to other people when you invest in them and when you invest in the young people around you. Don't get caught in the comparison trap. It will steal your joy. Enjoy how God has made you just the way you are. What are you trying to, just trying to tackle on your own? Where are you weary and worn out? May you receive the power of God's anointing today to do what God has called you to do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray for those this morning that are just weary and run, worn out, just, just continuing, Lord, so much to tackle and it feels overwhelming. And I just pray that they might feel that horn of oil just being poured on their head this morning with your energy and with your enthusiasm and with your power to tackle all the challenges of our day. And Lord, help us. Help us to have humble hearts that simply desire to follow after you and to do what you've called us to do moment by moment and day by day. Lord, help us not to fall into the comparison trap of trying to be like everybody else or that we don't measure up or we're not good enough or whatever. But just, Lord, to have that peace and that strength to know that you've made us and created us just the way we are and that we might be, Lord, a hero 
to someone else this week as we encourage them and strengthen them with your love. We ask this in the precious name of Christ. Amen.